All right, GBU is not complete, good, bad, and ugly, unless we include the coastal teams. We got to talk about whether or not Miami is pretty much back and ready to take over. Man, oh, man, could it be North Carolina, another nail-biter, stressful game? Or is it Duke that I've been trying to convince you guys for the longest now is ready to play and win six or more games? We got J.J. Jackson in the building to talk to us about it. Let's go. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm joined by JJ Jackson of Locked On Blue Devils Podcast. You can find us each and every day wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channels. We are rocking and rolling good, bad, and ugly on the coastal side. You know, it can never be just one show. There's so many teams here to cover, but there's a lot to discuss here for the coastal because of positive things that are happening. As much as people talk about chaos, I'm sitting here saying, JJ, the coastal is doing all right. Yeah, it's been a good start to the year for a lot of these teams. Again, two weeks into the season, I think actually I'll, I'll kind of reference something that Mike Elko, the Duke football coach, said earlier in the week. You look at 2-0 and football teams, and really there's probably a couple of issues that you're ignoring because your team is 2-0, and and you do need to realize at this point in the season you got some things to work on. By the same degree, there are a couple of 0-2 squads across college football and in the ACC that you look at them and it's like, you know what, they're actually a little bit better than you're giving them credit for at this point of the year. So definitely overreaction after week one, week two, still a little bit of that. So we'll get closer to the truth as the season moves along. Absolutely. So let's talk about the good things that are happening for the coastal side of it. And for me, I would just say, again, reemphasizing the coastal is not as crazy as people thought. I think with the Miami win decisively over Southern Miss, I think with Duke having a great win, Carolina having a great win, it was just nice to see the teams that everyone's talking about in race and pacing four good seasons on track. And also the Virginia Tech team, we all know playing in Lane Stadium is something certainly that you can never count out. And playing a really good Boston College team, team and winning handily was definitely some positives that I saw. Were there good things that you saw at a week two from these coastal teams? Yeah, absolutely good things. Like I said, you, you can't discredit wins that were had. And, and for Virginia Tech to pick up their first conference win, uh, was outstanding for them to get off to a good uh, a good note there, and uh, the Hokies now being one and one, bouncing back from their week one defeat, and, and now being able to pick up a conference win. Those are what matter most at the end of the game. Uh, obviously, I host Locked On Blue Devils. I'm really impressed by what Duke's been able to do through the first two seasons. I should have been listening to you more frequently, <laughs> Candice, uh, because I was a little bit more on the pessimistic side of things, and. Uh, that's typically not a boat that I sit in, mm-hmm. and yet I was sitting there. And That offensive line had a remarkable performance against Northwestern, only gave up one sack, only gave up one tackle for loss, and Duke was able to do a ton of awesome things offensively against Northwestern. So uh, I know that's probably a little biased, but I never talk Duke football here on Locked on ACC, again, because I am more of the pessimistic guy. So when we're yeah. talking about good – 
I do want to give Duke some love here. A hundred percent. And just from a energy shift and credit change, I feel like Elko Cutcliffe, it's different. Like I can't put my like pin on it, but when you just look at the team, when you look at the energy, when you look at guys just being excited about football and like wanting to pack out Wallace Wade, like we never had those conversations last season. Have you seen just in listening to him and what you've seen from players as you've started out this season, a shift? Absolutely. There's 100% a shift that's taken place in the program. The fans are buying in. You know, they've rebranded everything, which is necessary after a yeah. coach has been there for 14 years. Yeah. you got to switch it up a little bit. It was a lot of Duke gang, which I proudly repped and still to this day, Duke gang for life. It was good uh, era of Duke football. And I'll say that from time to time with Duke basketball as well. But Mike Elko wants it to be bleed blue, right? Yeah. So there's just this major branding shift. And then also, let's not forget the difference in age, Candace. We're talking yeah. <laughs> about a 67-year-old coach in David Cutcliffe. Mike Yoko is 45 years old as yeah. we sit here today. Like 22-year difference. The program is younger. There's more energy, more life all the way throughout throughout the entire roster. So, yeah, there has been a big shift in that Duke football program. That's a huge point because, you know, just being 45, you still are probably into the more social media type things and you're more into and you kind of relate to the guys a little different because you probably have kids that are growing up in the same sphere. So, no, I definitely get that. Another good point, you know, as much as we – as much as it stresses me out, Carolina is 3-0. They're one of the only team, 14 teams in the country that is 3-0. But a lot of people are saying, why are we so mad? Or why is there so much angst about Carolina being 3-0? And I say, hey, have you actually watched the games? Because to me, the 3-0 is with, like, blinders that you're just saying, yeah, okay, 3-0, woo. But did you actually watch how difficult that defense has been, how difficult that offense has been? And knowing they have to go to Wallace Wade this season, I don't think it's going to be a gimme as it has been in past years. What are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's worth praising that they have won. The, at the end of the game, you're winning, and you'd rather have these wins than losing. I want to commend North Carolina for playing the road games that they have to start the year, Candace. I mean, playing at App State was remarkable. Really excited that they set up that home-and-home home with NC State in the years to come. That's going to be an epic game, uh, both at Carter-Finley and then also in Boone. Uh, when that game is played. But also North Carolina went to Atlanta and played at Georgia State at Turner Field, the former home of the Atlanta Braves where Georgia State now plays their football games. Like, who does that with some of those non-Power 5 schools where you go and play road games like that? That is an amazing opportunity for those schools to host a big brand like North Carolina. They're doing everything possible to make it the hardest state ever for the Tar Heels, and so hopefully they're going to be able to build off of that. That being said, to only win by a touchdown this past weekend versus Georgia State, to give up 61 points, 40-plus of which in the fourth quarter against Appalachian State, is worrisome defensively. But we knew this North Carolina defense was bad. We knew the unit that Gene Chizik was taking over was terrible. Like, that's not a surprise to anybody. I do think you'll see them get better throughout the year. You're 3-0, and and while the offense has struggled, while we did see Drake May throw his first interception of the year, he's still one of the best playing quarterbacks in yeah. college football. Yeah. Like I, I'm a Duke guy saying this to people out there. <laughs> Drake May, through three games, is still one of the best quarterbacks in the entire country. Yeah. That's a major positive. That is good. 
for yeah. UNC football. You know, okay, JJ, you, you talked me off the ledge. I was, <laughs> I was I was being a little bit rude. I'll take it back. You know, I'm happy for my team, but I, I guess I just want more because if you know we're having conversations about competing with the SEC, beat competing with the Big Ten, competing with teams in the Big Twelve. It's like I want to be able to put my team up there and say, Yeah, I think they have a fighting chance. And I think with Drake, absolutely they have a fighting chance. But it's giving like Wake Forest last season where Sam Hartman had to do everything for them and then your defense was just putting letting teams put up 50, 60, 70. And it's that's not going to hold, you know, as we progress through the season because it's only going to get tougher and we're going to have to play these conference teams. So I'm hoping that we see some progress there. All right, let's touch here on some of the bad things or things that we can work on, the growth opportunities, I like to call them here, for some of the teams. But first, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us where it all hurts, and it really hurts. So that's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app, use promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Upside users are earning more than millions of dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Again, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Rocking and rolling here with JJ Jackson of Locked On Blue Devils podcast. And some of the bad things that, of course, we saw throughout the week, too, that weren't really bad, just growth opportunities. I think for me still, Virginia Tech stresses me out because I can't quite call who this team is, right? Of course, you can play in lane and you can win as many games as possible when you're at home in front of your fans. But when the rubber meets the road, I need to see a little bit more development when it comes to that offense. I'm still a little wearisome. But then the bad also for me is that Virginia team. I was really excited about week one. I thought Tony Elliott was going to come in, new era. It was Richmond, but still, like it was a lot of positives. It was probably an overreaction that we have coming in. And I'm saying, all right, Tony Elliott might be the guy. You come in and you see them play an Illinois team that isn't all that great, but yet and still, Virginia couldn't get anything done offensively. And it was just a long, long day for them. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up Virginia. I thought you were going to stick with Virginia Tech, and I would have said I would have gone to the other part of the state. I would have gone to Charlottesville uh, for bad with what we saw from Virginia. 34-17, the final score of their first game of the season against Richmond. Again, only a 17-point victory for the Cavaliers in that one. And then this past weekend, uh, losing 24-3 to Illinois. Offensively, just not a whole lot of success. And that's Tony Elliott's bread and butter. And by the way, you came to a program that had Brennan Armstrong recording yeah. or returning at quarterback. I do want to give Illinois some credit. That's a power five team. They're going to play a really competitive schedule in the Big Ten. They've already played a conference game. Illinois played Indiana to open up the year, so they've been thrown in the ringer early in this one. But yeah, I just thought that we would be able to see a little bit more from Virginia's offense at this point in the year, and particularly a game like that on Saturday that you would have gotten a little bit more out of Brennan Armstrong, and they just didn't. Yeah, a thousand percent. And then to me, there's not really that much ugly for the Coastal right now. It doesn't feel like nobody is you know, too far gone, but it seems very competitive. But for teams like going into week three, you've got Miami about to face off a really good squad. They are going to be playing Texas A&M coming off of that big loss at App State. How do you feel about this Miami team after watching week one and two? I'm really excited to see what Saturday is like. 
Miami plays Texas A&M. That is a huge uh, matchup for college football. To see Mario Cristobal uh, taking on Jimbo Fisher on the sidelines there uh, for Miami. Again, a 30-7 to victory over Southern Miss this past week. I think you'd probably like to see a little bit more offensively, but against uh, lesser competition to still only give up a touchdown, I like that from the defensive yep. unit for Miami. So uh, I'm kind of in a, a wait and see. Let's see what Saturday looks like because, again, major matchup between mm-hmm. Miami and Texas A&M coming up on Saturday. Absolutely. And then I think playing a pissed off Texas A&M versus a Texas A&M who probably were rolling is going to be oh, a very yeah. different team, right? Even when, no I was, when I was watching Texas and Alabama, just to talk about, you know, college football in general and just to see the way Nick Saban was pissed off at his team, about how they handled, like they weren't like sore winners. They were sore winners, right? They were just like, I'm like, how can you be so excited about beating a team that you're supposed to kind of steamroll, right? You're supposed to be like being pushing them to the side and not even letting it be a competition. I'm hoping that, you know, when you look at this Jimbo team and how they lost, they're not, they're using all of that energy of anger and actually losing to propel them to have a really good matchup against Miami and Mario Cristobal can hopefully not have his team rest on the laurels of the first two games. Cause that's not a type of team that you're going to be playing here coming up on Saturday. Now there's another team that we must discuss Pitt in Tennessee to me, I guess we call this ugly because Pitt, you're supposed to be the high horse, the reigning champion. You're supposed to be the one who has helps carry this brand and being bigger. And I think you guys definitely have the squad to do it. That Tennessee game, that needed to be a W. That that was absolutely an opportunity to really, you know, solidify how good this conference is. And it just fell a little short here. What were your yeah. thoughts on that one? Fun game for sure. Fun atmosphere that uh, Tennessee got to go up to Pittsburgh and, and take on the Panthers again. Uh, Power five versus power five, ACC versus SEC in this one. It's a really good Tennessee football team this year, like a really good team that uh, they have. They play Alabama every season. That's their biggest rival for the balls, and they might have a shot uh, against Alabama the way the Tide have been playing so far this year. So uh, just going to give credit first because I do think sometimes we forget to do that, like credit the team that yeah. you're playing because they are really good. I don't that know means, how Virginia – sorry to cut you off, but I don't know how Virginia Tech let Hinton Hooker go to this day. Oh, my god, Tech could have a job oh if my he had gosh. just let right. Hooker be the start. That's insane to me. And he continues to get better each yeah. and every – and he just makes things happen for Tennessee when it's yeah. – sometimes things like uh, – or looks like things are breaking down. Next thing you know, Hendon Hooker is going to figure it out yeah. and make the right play. Yeah. Uh, for Pitt, though, you've got your own transfer quarterback and Keaton Slovis – Uh, on the day, who only threw for 195 yards, uh, did have the interception there. Uh, Would have loved to see a little bit more um, offensively from Pitt. You you know, you also need to factor in that, hey, on Saturday we saw Jordan Addison just absolutely going off for (laughs) USC at the same time some of these games are being played and thinking about the fact that that man was wearing a Pitt uniform a year ago, was the Blitnikoff winner in college football and he's no longer there. So it is going to be a little bit more difficult for Pitt, but yeah, given the talent that they've got coming back and given that they do have a ACC championship moxie from a season ago, you'd want to see more from Pittsburgh right now. 
Yeah, and I think they'll be fine. It's just Keaton Slovis to me has not delivered in what in ways where, of course, you trying to you're coming off of Kenny Pickett, you're trying to be the next whatever. But even just being yourself, he hasn't shown that spark that makes me feel confident, which makes me say, Jordan Addison, you probably did the right thing. We were talking on yesterday's show about Zay Flowers and Phil Dracovic, and I'm like, Zay, you had an opportunity to probably go somewhere else. And as you're sitting here, Owen, too, I know you're probably scratching your head, but to see Keaton get hurt, have Nick Patty come in. And then, of course, he is not of the same caliber as you know, even the Kenny Pickett's of the world. It's going to be very challenging to see how they bounce back and they utilize guys like Jared Wayne, they utilize guys like Bartholomew, and they make sure that they're putting themselves in a position to be successful. But I've been to Conda. Is that his name? I get it wrong every single time. That running back is beautiful. I love the way he plays the game. I think he is the spark for that offense, and he is going to have to carry the team similar to like Sean Tucker as they go through the rest of the season. He can't be the everything for them, but he certainly is going to have to step up in big ways. But, you know, shout out to guys like MJ Devonshire, who had great games defensively. I think Servasi Dennis, the health of that defense is also going to be critical as they, you know, get through the rest of the season. But I just want the teams on top to stay on top and find that promise. But right now, I I might put Miami as the top coastal team, I would say. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm there as well. I I think the Hurricanes have been the most impressive so far. And, uh, again, they've got a major test coming up on Saturday against Texas A&M. I'm really excited to watch that game and to see who comes out victorious. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I'm more in favor of of Miami at this point in the season. Yeah, so as we wrap up the show here, we know, I mean, I'm a Duke football girl, so – Winning and being 3-0 is very possible. Honestly, feel like 4-0 is very tangible, beating Kansas as well. So Duke's going to be 4-0. They're going to find six wins out of the season before it's all said and done. JJ, is everyone thinking I'm crazy or am I on the right track? Uh, You're on the right track so far, I'll say. But I also think going into the year, everyone, myself included, thought you were crazy. Like, (laughs) uh, yeah, it just it's it's crazy what we've seen. I want to give, because I didn't do this a little bit earlier, but – uh, what Riley Leonard has been able to do at that quarterback yeah. spot for Duke in just his sophomore season has been really impressive because yeah. it has been a revolving door at quarterback yeah. for Duke since Daniel Jones left the program and went off to the NFL. So really good to see great quarterback play. Duke's got North Carolina A&T this week, uh, which will be a dub. And then, like you said, they go to Kansas, another undefeated team on the year. Uh, who we all need that. Off. Exactly. We saw that coming. <laughs> But they already have a Big 12 win. They beat West Virginia this past weekend. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what Duke football could do in the weeks to come. Yeah, not only do I love Riley Leonard, I also love Jordan Moore and how he's been able to step up as a utility player. Like sometimes when you're not the, when you don't get the call to be QB one, it can yeah. cause a lot of rift and all the things. But he has just been like the ultimate teammate, saying, "However we can get the dub, I'm willing to do it." So that's been great to see. And he's making crazy plays at wide receiver. I mean, he's he is a full-time wide receiver now. You just yeah. don't see that. How You've yeah. never really seen, at least to my knowledge, a quarterback lose the starting quarterback job. And as opposed to just being the backup quarterback, mm-hmm. a football team's like, you know what? You're going to start at wide receiver. Yeah, what? yeah. And, do do, it, and do it well. And do it well, you know? And, <laughs> and so uh, had a touchdown the first week, had an incredible touchdown this past Saturday Toe tap grab at the back of the end zone to make sure he stayed in bounds. So, yeah, keep doing your thing, Jordan Moore. It's fun to watch. No doubt. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Coastal is actually doing well. We don't have as much chaos as we do in the Atlantic, which is a surprise, <laughs> but I love a nice surprise when things go well our way. JJ, can you please remind these folks of where they can find you, follow your work? Yeah, thanks, Candace, so much. Glad to be back on Locked on ACC. Be sure to follow us 
uh, on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And uh, Locked On Blue Devils is available wherever you get your podcast. We just also uh, surpassed 500 subscribers on YouTube, which was a big milestone. We love celebrating milestones on the Locked On Network. So make sure that you subscribe to both Locked On ACC and Locked On Blue Devils. Thanks, yes, Candace. Of course. The road to a thousand for the both of yes. us is right there. So we're going to make it done. For Candace Cooper and JJ Jackson, hope you guys have a great rest.